Support comes from Troy University's Trojan Cafe, offering handcrafted Starbucks beverages and a wide assortment of meal and snack options. Located on Troy University's Montgomery campus, across from the Rosa Parks Library and Museum. From Troy Public Radio, I'm Tim Phillips, and this is Clarinet Corner. Today on the show, I have a very special guest, and let me tell you about him. He's the longest-serving clarinetist in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra history. John Ye, he's our guest. He joined the Chicago Symphony Orchestra in 1977 as bass clarinet by invitation of George Schulte. Two years later, he was named assistant principal in E-flat clarinet, and he's performed as guest principal clarinet of the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Seoul Philharmonic, the Gongzhou Symphony, and as guest bass clarinet of the Marinsky Orchestra and the Hong Kong Philharmonic. He is director and co-founder of Chicago Pro Musica, which received the 1985 Grammy Award for Best New Classical Artist. And it is a tremendous joy to have you on the program today, John. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me again, Tim. And uh, so great to see you and to talk to you and just to chat about our new recording. So, uh, John, your new CD, Chicago Clarinet Classics, when it came in the mail for me, I was uh, hit with a sense of nostalgia because your other CDs have become like part of my life. Like I bought them when I was young and I listened to them so many times and like the the music on the CDs and also the sounds that I heard on the CDs helped shape who I am as a clarinet player. And opening this this CD, it kind of has a similar look. And of course, the quality is similar as well. So tell me about your idea for this CD and what what kind of music you recorded on it well yes yeah, so uh, it all it was a pandemic project because we were sitting at home actually in our vacation home in Michigan with no orchestra to go to no performances no in-person lessons and we decided to uh, explore different music uh, that I'd been Um, putting on the shelf because I didn't have time to to learn and one of the ideas came from my friend who's the the, uh, founder of CD Records in Chicago Mm -hmm. and he was working on a project of the music of Leo Sowerby who Mm -hmm. is a Chicago composer from the 20th century and he asked me to convene a quintet to record Sowerby's wind quintet and so I'm looking through Sowerby's music we had played a piece of of him in the orchestra with uh, Schulte, but I didn't know any of his other music besides his organ music and his choral music. He's known mostly as a choral composer and, and organist in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Although I found out soon thereafter that the, in the early 20th century, he was basically the composer in residence of the Chicago Symphony because uh, Frederick Stock, the music director of the Chicago Symphony, really liked Sowerby and wanted to promote him, liked his music. And then looking through the catalog of music that uh, he had written, I noticed he had written a sonata for clarinet and piano that I had never heard of, mm-hmm. never played, obviously, and it turned out to be a major discovery. So I mentioned to, to Jim. Jim uh, Ginsburg. Jim Ginsburg at CD. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can put together a program of music that's has something to do with Chicago because we are a Chicago recording company. We are here to promote Chicago artists, Chicago composers, Chicago music. Mm-hmm. And Sowerby fit the bill and was this 
massive work. And then I had a couple of other ideas. And at the same time, my wife, Teresa, Teresa Riley, was working on uh, c composing her own uh, pieces. She's not really a composer. She's actually a clarinetist. A great clarinetist. Too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, we've we've participated in several recordings in the Chicago Symphony, and then several other solo recordings and, and mm -hmm. concerto recordings too. So, this was her first foray into uh, actual composition, which she had a chance to work on during the the pandemic, and we premiered it on an online concert, and then I said, Hey, why don't we put this on our on our uh, Chicago Clarinet Classics recording, and then I knew the timepieces of Robert Muczynski, who uh, was a Chicago composer back in the uh, 1950s, mm -hmm. and so I thought there might be some other music, and so I knew the composers that had been working with the Chicago Symphony in the recent past, and one of them was Shulamit Ron, and she had coincidentally a new piece for unaccompanied solo clarinet called Spirit mm -hmm. that she uh, that I didn't know about and she presented it to me and then uh, Jim Ginsburg actually recommended Stacy Garrup's piece for unaccompanied clarinet called Phoenix Rising mm -hmm. and that originally was a piece for unaccompanied solo saxophone but she'd made oh, okay. a clarinet version. Yeah and then uh, I was looking for other, I said, well, this is, this is maybe enough for an album, but let's see if we can find something else. And so mm -hmm. I came up with Alexander Cherepnin's Sonata in One Movement for Clarinet and Piano, and it's, it's a really nice piece. It's, an, it's the opening piece on the album. Mm -hmm. uh, Alexander Cherepnin lived and worked and taught in Chicago for many years in the 20th century. So, so we had our program. That's a interesting. Six piece. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I, I'll tell you, I was talking to my, my son recently. We were talking about, uh, you know, we traveled to visit family, and, and we were talking about what it's like to be a clarinet player. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he said, why don't we live closer to, to Grandma and Grandpa? And the answer is, as a clarinet player, a musician in general, especially if you're a classical musician, uh, you kind of don't necessarily pick where you live so much right. as you... you <laughs> exactly. And so I was I was kind of explaining that to him and talking about, you know, how cool that is, even though, you know, he would like to see grandma and grandpa more often. And I know that you're actually a California native, correct? Yes. And I was actually um, born in Washington, D.C., but lived there only for two years and moved to California and spent most of my youth in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm a native of California. Tell me about your uh, your musical upbringing at at the start because listen, I look at you and you're like the definition of clarinet. I mean, you're in one of the greatest orchestras in the world, and um, the only clarinet playing I've ever heard from you is great clarinet playing. But I know you didn't start that way. And how did that like? How did well, the clarinet had, work its way into your life? I had very patient teachers and very supportive parents, uh -huh. and great friends that were musicians and we just had a great time making music but from the very start when we moved to california my 
parents would take me to concerts of the Los Angeles Philharmonic and and uh, chamber music concerts at nearby UCLA where I went to college for two years after high school mm -hmm. and so I, I was steeped in classical music because it was playing all the time in our house my dad had an extensive record collection and he had sung with the Boston Symphony um, when he was in college at Harvard and he had conducted choruses and my mom was a pianist and so you know, we'd play things at home together when I was growing up. But n the way I got to the clarinet is sort of a mystery because I had taken piano lessons for a year when I was five, and I, I don't think I was very interested in that, or it didn't go very well. I, I think mainly because I didn't have a very good teacher. And mm -hmm. that. so when I was in uh, elementary school, they offered orchestra instruments, and the clarinet sort of found me. And mm -hmm. so... I said, oh, and my parents said, well, let's give it a try. So they, they uh, rented me a clarinet, a metal clarinet from Musician's Supply Shop, and they got me a teacher there that happened to be a great teacher. Gordon Herod is his name, mm -hmm. was his name, and he was really patient uh, with me and really showed me the ropes and, and pointed me in the right direction and was <clears throat> very, very, you know, uh, perfect for for a beginner. Mm -hmm. And then and then you found your way into studying with Michelle Zukowski, correct? Yes, that was uh that was when I was just about ready to go to uh Juilliard. But before then, my my main teacher during my um middle school and high school years was Gary Gray. Oh yeah, and Gary Gray is the person who you dedicated this CD to who recently passed. Right. He yeah. recently passed away and uh Way too early. I mean, he was he was an amazing player, an amazing teacher. He taught at UCLA for 50 years, was mm -hmm. principal clarinetist of the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, played in numerous film and TV scores, and he, he was just a great mentor and a great role model. So I was, um, you know, I owe a lot to him. And, and he, he shepherded me through all my years in high school and college, and he... Um, suggested that I go to the Aspen Festival, mm -hmm. which is where I really became um, bitten with the bug to become a professional musician because I saw professional music at the highest level there and I said, I think I want to do that. But yeah. until that point, I was really set to be uh, to go to medical school. I was, um, because both my parents are scientists and they love music, of course, but um, they sort of like pointed me in the direction of of going to a pre-med program. So that's when I went to UCLA as a pre-med student and at the same time participated in all the musical activities there and and just happened to win all the um, the competitions there, including the Frank Sinatra Musical Performance Award, which that was kind of cool because Frank Sinatra actually came and presented the award. Really? How old were you yeah. then when that happened? I was 16 when that wow. happened. And uh, I, I was a young student in college because I'd graduated early from high school, started a, a pre-med course at UCLA, and uh, just had such a good time making music that I entered all these competitions, played a lot of chamber music, played in the American Youth Symphony with Meili Mehta, mm -hmm. Zubin Mehta's father. Oh, and wow. that, that uh, was an amazing education for me. So halfway through, halfway through uh, 
UCLA halfway through college, I decided I think I, I really would like to concentrate on music as a career. So that's when I applied to music school and, and ultimately went to Juilliard for two years before I came to Chicago. Wow, okay. Now, I, I had a conductor one time who used to describe that we kind of have three main teachers in our lives as, as musicians. One who kind of teaches us the nuts and bolts of how to, mm -hmm. how to make music, and then another one who teaches us how to be a really um, authentic musician who you know follows mm -hmm. the rules of the composer and, and does what mm -hmm. they want. And then there's another level after that that teaches you how to be an artist and really express yourself through their vision, through the composer's vision. What, do you have mm -hmm. like a like a specific teacher that you would assign to those roles in your life? Did you see it that way? Well, I, I see it um, that I have several mentors that all gave me a lot. And, uh, for example, my first teacher, Gordon Herrett, really showed me the nuts and bolts and mm -hmm. showed me how to make a sound on the clarinet and, you know, how to put together the instrument. And then, you know, uh, Gary Gray was the one that, that showed me what per professional music was like, what playing in an ensemble was like. Meli Mehta showed me what playing in an orchestra was like. I, mm -hmm. I learned everything f about playing in an orchestra from, from Meli. And then uh, Michelle Zakowski, like you mentioned, you know, was, was principal clarinet of the Los Angeles Philharmonic, my hometown orchestra. She she showed me all the specifics about this, the important uh, orchestral repertoire, the, the excerpts. And mm -hmm. then Harold Wright, I would say, was my main artistic influence. So yeah. he was my idol from, from an early age because my dad brought me some records and I said, wow, I want to sound like that. So the Brahms Sonatas, the Shepherd on the Rock of Schubert, were in my ear from from an early age, from when I was probably ten, and yeah. so the, I, I had that as a model. And then I would watch the Boston Symphony because they used to have evening at Symphony on the TV, and I, and I would just soak it all up. So those were my influences before college. And then when I got to college, I uh, studied with a Joe Allard at, at Juilliard who who was an amazing, multifaceted, incredibly versatile musician, played the bass clarinet in the NBC Symphony, mm -hmm. and played the first clarinet in the Bell Telephone Hour, and played the saxophone, taught all the saxophone students at Juilliard, as well as bass clarinet and clarinet. So, wow. so he really um, got me focused on bass clarinet, and it just so happened that there were bass clarinet openings in a few orchestras during the time when I was at Juilliard, including my hometown orchestra, the L.A. Philharmonic. So that was actually the very first professional audition I ever took was for the L.A. Philharmonic. And um, I, in those days, they didn't have screens, so they knew exactly who I was. And they said, oh, we know this guy, you know, he grew up here. And, and they were very encouraging, but, um, but they said, well, you know what, keep doing what you're doing and, and you'll, you'll get it soon. And so... The following year, I, I auditioned for uh, Chicago, and and I was in the right place at the right time. I guess so, because uh, how how many years have you been in the orchestra? What will this coming year be for you? I have just begun uh, last week my 47th season in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Wow. So I started in uh, June of 1977, and here it is, uh, July 
of 2023. So it, it begins my 47th year in the orchestra. And currently I'm the seventh uh, longest serving mem current member of the orchestra. There's six people that have actually been in the orchestra longer than I have. But I am already the longest serving clarinetist in the orchestra's history. Wow, that's awesome. That's, uh, you know, I, I look at you and I see the Chicago Symphony, and I think that's, I'm surprised there are people who've been in it longer than you. But I, but I also think yeah. that that, that yeah. says something about the orchestra. I mean, it's one of the great orchestras. I'm just fascinated by that. But uh, you did mention the Brahms sonatas, uh, which are, are significant works. I mean, they're long. Um, they're very intricate, a lot of details between the clarinet and piano. And I, and I, I saw some different, or I saw some similarities between that and the sonata for clarinet piano by Leo Sowerby, which is a work that I did not know. I mean, it's kind mm -hmm. of, in many ways, kind of a centerpiece of this recording. So tell me about this sonata by Leo Sowerby and your pianist, Patrick Godin, who you've collaborated with for years, right? That's right. Yes, Patrick and I have known each other for years and played a lot of chamber music together and recitals together, So, and we've made recordings together on CD. Mm -hmm. And the the Sowerby is is a great uh, vehicle for us because it was an a, a, a real uh, exploration for us because we we both discovered it as new as a new piece because you know we'd played Brahms together we'd play other th things together and this has the breadth and depth of a Brahms sonata it's it's large in scale. It's four movements long. It's uh, you know longer than either of the two Brahms sonatas by a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. and it is a different harmonic language from Brahms, but it's it's got m many of the same coloristic and uh, textural uh, similarities. So so we took a lot from that inspiration from Brahms, but but then the harmonic language is is quite a bit different. It's Sowerby's own. And um, Patrick is also a, a wonderful choral conductor, so he, he can, and organist too, so he definitely can relate to, to Sowerby on, on those levels as well, mm -hmm. because that's what Sowerby, he was the, the dean of American choral composers and artists and, and organists. So, so, so we, we, um, it was a great discovery, and it, it, it is the centerpiece of this album because it is so, so long. And, and varied. Excellent. Well, let's do some listening. Let's, uh, let's listen to this sonata for clarinet and piano by Leo Sowerby. And this is clarinetist John Yeh and pianist Patrick Godin.
was the Sonata for Clarinet and Piano by Leo Sowerby with John Ye, Clarinet, and Patrick Godin, Piano. And it all comes from a brand new, newish CD called Chicago Clarinet Classics um, that uh, came out recently, all music by Chicago composers. And I'm talking to John Ye here today. John, thank you so much again for being on the show. Thanks, um, Tim. It's my pleasure. I'll tell you one of the one of the coolest things that's happened in recent years in our little clarinet world is not not necessarily connected to the clarinet at, at all. It's connected to your family. Uh, when your <laughs> when your daughter got this show on the Food Network called Girl Meets Farm, and I must tell you, I'm a I'm an avid watcher of this show, and Thank I, you. it's a really good show. And it's you, wonderful. And you have been on the show a little bit too, which is is amazing. When I see you on there, it's really cool. Um, well, is, is yeah. It, <laughs> tell me about your I've daughter. Been, I've been a, yeah. Uh, so my daughter Molly, she's my middle child, and she is actually, as I am, a, a graduate of the Juilliard School. She's a she's a prof- professional percussionist, mm-hmm. but she has recently changed her her occupation to be a, a food personality on the Food Network and that's where she's of course become most famous mm-hmm. but we performed together uh, on stage we, we played in the uh, the Hong Kong Philharmonic together on the Rite of Spring and so I'm very proud to perform with her and we, we played together a little duet on the first season of Girl Meets Farm and mm-hmm. I've actually been on her show eight times Wow! and they did a recital spot that we played in, in her um, neighborhood. We, we played at the uh, University of North Dakota, which is right over the river from, from where Molly lives and mm-hmm. from where her restaurant. Yeah, uh, she has a restaurant now. It's amazing. Yeah, Bernie's right on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota. She lives mm-hmm. in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, and her restaurant is, is right on the Red River. It's called Bernie's, named for her elder daughter, uh-huh. Bernie, Bernadette. And uh, now I have two grandchildren. Bernie and Ira, who's her her younger daughter, who's nice. just one. That's really cool. Well, um, I want to thank you so much for being here today, and uh, it's always a pleasure when I have you on Clarinet Corner. A little surreal for me to be able to talk to you, considering the influence that you've had on my life. Not just my life, but so many other clarinet players, and we're going to talk about that the next time you're on the show, about the, the works that you've inspired and the great clarinet players that you've taught. So I want to thank you again for being here today. My pleasure, Tim. Always great to see you, to speak with you, and to uh, talk about music and other things. And John's new CD is called Chicago Clarinet Classics, and it can be purchased anywhere CDs or digital music content is sold. You've been listening to Clarinet Corner, production of Troy Public Radio, and produced by Joey Hudson. I'm Tim Phillips, and there's a lot more where that came from. This is Troy Public Radio.
Support comes from the Rosa Parks Museum on Troy University's Montgomery campus. Located on the spot of Mrs. Parks' historic 1955 arrest and featuring exhibits that chronicle the history of the Montgomery bus boycott. More information at troy.edu slash Rosa Parks.